Hey, everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Widener Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and brought to you by official sponsor of the Mike Widener Show, international warring author Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with a terrific band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, Asian American group uh, founded um, by its leader, Simon Tan. He joins us here along with uh, Joe Jang, and the band name originates from an effort uh, of an appropriation, a source of legal battle back in uh, 2019 in Mattel versus Tam in Supreme Court, and uh, deeply involved with the Asian American uh, community and racial justice work. They also got some music out there, which is uh, Slanted and American Rock Opera, the band who uh, must not be named, and also Slanted Eyes, Slanted Hearts, and also something slated This Way Comes, and the Yellow Album. And a new album is out called The Band Plays On, featuring the title track, What Will People See, Advocate. We'll be playing Family at the uh, end of the audio interview as well. And live, ladies and gentlemen, from the Plus Studios in Portland and Cincinnati. So find out um, which one they're coming by here and uh, talking about the album the band plays on and their amazing history. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got the Slant, Simon Tan, and Joe Jang. Guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks howdy, so much howdy. for having us. Well, it's great to have you on board, guys. So so, so Joe just wanted to um, you know, have you got have you get started as well, too. And uh, you guys been... Uh, been in the business for quite some time, uh, founded in 06. And uh, before I get to you, Simon, Joe, tell us how you first got started. Music? Uh, uh, yeah. Or, or just go way back, like way back machine. Oh, yeah. No, I was born uh, in China a long, long time ago and uh, fell in love with music somewhere along the way. Past the point where I was forced to piano as a kid. Mm. And just before I discovered uh, like rock and roll like i was really into 90s r&b and um, hip-hop back in the day uh i picked up a guitar decided that i want to try to learn as many songs as possible and then decided that i want to write my own songs so it took a little while to get any kind of traction like most people know and actually most people know it's pretty much impossible to really have traction so i got really lucky met simon back in 2015 joined his band and have been working on music with them ever since. That's amazing. How'd you guys first meet? I auditioned, or sorry, well, this is a job application here. It's not just. <laughs> I had to uh, audition through a pretty rigorous application. It was uh, many, many, many pages of questions and answers, um, and then multiple, uh, I guess, interviews with the band, an audition itself, and then. Yeah, it Simon Simon definitely knows how to run a business more so than anything else. He knows how to run a business where most of the bands I've been in, we have absolutely no sense of business at all. So it was really interesting to actually go into this band like it's a business and being like, okay, well, I need to know the songs before I show up. Oh, I need to actually uh, know what answers to give when the, the band talks to me. It's not just hanging out and like, you know getting high or something and jamming afterwards. It's like literally like, oh, I have to answer these questions correctly. Um, so that was uh, the initial process. And then later on, I was like, oh, okay, there's still more human aspects to it and you can still have fun and play music. But uh, yeah, that's how I joined the band. That was interesting. And what was the one precise moment that simply uh, influenced you to the rest of your career? What was that one moment that simply just lit a light bulb in you? The rest of my career, I mean, when I first heard Radiohead, I was like, like I want to do this. I mean, that was probably like a pre-joining a band environment. But then um, I would say with the slants, let's just go with, with the slants. Within the time that I've been in the slants, which was uh, back in 2015, 16, I think it was just going to like a gig where we had absolutely no, like um, there was no audience there. There's like maybe four people. 
and oh my goodness being like let's put on the best show we can and we did i mean we rocked out as hard as we could for four people it was just, i think it was like dungeons and drafts is that where we were and then afterwards somebody like came up was like hey we're gonna book you at this this uh this convention it's like we're gonna get you a gig there and you're gonna get paid and you're gonna have whatever it's like because you put on a good show at that time and for me like it was it changed a lot of what i thought of like live performances were and i think that was pretty big i mean i still think about it now it's just like okay we have to put on a good show we have to try harder mm -hmm. i think that sounds rather right and uh who are some other uh singers uh songwriters and uh famous musicians growing up growing up i mean michael jackson was huge i love the uh it's funny that we're in musical now we're trying to work on musical stuff but my uh one of my favorite pieces of music is a uh, little shop of horrors the uh, the 90s version the actual like you know the movie and the, the musical that you know came from the classic uh, roger corman film i think that sh i didn't understand motown i didn't understand soul music and it all came from there like i love michael jackson at the time but like that album was like oh there's so much great music that came before and then later on it was radiohead by far like those biggest influence radiohead tina sarah and then i guess dave matthews band i want to say dave matthews band because <laughs> i i think that's a really good one as well too and uh okay simon uh, you're the leader of the group and uh tell us how you first got started i mean for as long as i can remember i was way back always when she... <laughs> i mean just since i was a kid i was obsessed with music i would fall asleep with uh, next to my dad's stereo, listening to records and try and listen to the radio as much as possible, making mixtapes and that sort of thing. And then at 10 years old, I picked up the bass guitar for the first time and have been playing it ever since. So it is just a really big part of my uh, childhood growing up is just playing music. It was kind of like my escape because, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends. I wasn't going out a ton. It was like, I hung out and played bass and listened to the radio. Mm -hmm. and, and that sounds like a good thing to do. And uh, what was that one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing for us your career? I think for me, um, it was probably the first time that I learned Sweet Child of Mine on bass guitar, like hearing the bass line. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. and, and, and hearing the kind of like blue scales that my bass teacher was teaching me and seeing like, oh, all this stuff I'm learning about these jazz and blues scales that I thought was super boring were actually really applicable because it's directly tied into rock and roll and I could hear it in some of my favorite bands. And I started realizing that sometimes you got to do the really boring technical stuff if you want to do the really fun stuff because it, it comes from that place. And so it, I think that was like a really big aha moment for me, especially as I started joining bands and and playing and, and that sort of thing. I was like, okay, well, a lot of my music is still rooted in these like basic music theory kind of ideas, like the, the circle fifths and then that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, what are your some other uh, favorite singers, songwriters, musicians growing up, especially bass players? I, I mean, Duff McKagan for sure was like a huge influence of mine, but I think I, as I got into high school, I just really, really fell in love with the, the Ramones and all the bands that they inspired. So like the mid to early 1990s uh, Lookout Records lineup, uh, which of course was like Green Day, the Mr. T Experience, the Queer, Screeching Weasel, bands like that. I just really just, I, I don't know, something about that raw teenage angst 
uh, pre-emo uh, <laughs> pop punk movement of that, that a lot of kids don't know of today is was just like they were all like super catchy easy to sing along to i mean three to five chords at the very most so it, it seemed like really simple but at the same time it was just kind of a continuation off of those early days of rock and roll uh you know the 50s and 60s and to see that but with a little bit more distorted guitar and fun it, it just uh it was like the soundtrack for my high school years Hmm. That is really interesting. And how did the slants come about with Simon Tan and Joel Jang? We'll find out in just one minute, along with the band plays on. You listen to the Mike Wagner Show at the MikeWagnerShow.com, powered by SonicWave Studios. Visit online at SonicWebStudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. SonicWeb Studios is the answer. SonicWeb Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention Mike Wagner's show. Get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author Mia Molsonzia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molsonzia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those who love be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molsonzia has got great reviews. In Evil and endorsed by Howard's celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Manales. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molsonzia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Weiner Show at themikewainershow.com on our 40 podcast platforms. Heard 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Also, Odyssey, Apple Music, Podbean, Pandora, TuneIn, BitChute, Rumble, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, and more. Take us with you on any mobile device. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Weiner Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7 year-round. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Weiner Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash Mia for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also, T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Check it out today. And support the Mike Weiner Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the MikeWeinerShow.com. We're here with um, Simon Tan and Joe Jiang of uh, the Slants here on the Mike Weiner Show based out of uh, – Portland, Oregon, and before we talk about the band plays on, and um, th there was an interesting case that um, you know, you know, got um, you know, got a lot of attention in the Supreme Court. But first, you know, let's talk about um, how you guys all got started, formed, and everything else. So the history of the band, uh, let's just go way, way back. <laughs> well, the history of the band is it really kind of started with a whole bunch of Craigslist ads and uh, local alt-weekly ads just trying to find people for me i was trying to find other asian american musicians people who kind of had that punk ethos but people who like me grew up in the 1980s so we kind of had this love for new wave uh, synth pop music and so trying to just combine those two that kind of punk attitude with that uh, 80s sound and once we got a lineup together that was um, early 2007 within a few months we had our first album out and we were on the road and so we were just kind of touring ever since then playing everything from uh, dive bars and punk shows to anime conventions and anything else that we could find that would provide a stage for us <laughs> that is rather interesting and of course joe if you want to jump in feel free to do so as well oh that was a simon story there i wasn't in the band for the first nine nine years yeah 
<laughs> we're old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I forgot to ask you about that uh, lengthy questionnaire you had to fill out, uh, you know, the application before the interview. What are some of the uh, questions that you had to answer? It's like, like it can be unusual or whatever. Oh, no, it's actually it, timing wise was really interesting, too, because I was a vegan for uh, many years prior to joining this band. My my band in Eugene, that I still play with um, most of those guys were vegan at the time, if not still vegan. And so I was a vegan for like years. And then right before joining the slans, I had just started to eat meat again. And so like one of the questions for the slans to go on tour, what are your dietary restrictions? And it felt like the question was like, if you don't eat the type of food that we eat, you may not join the spam. <laughs> so I was like, I'm willing to eat anything because I grew up eating meat and I was all, all willing to do it. But it was one of those things where it's like, I, nobody asked that question, right? Like, I don't really think about asking that question. I guess maybe you do. But anyway, so I, I that became a thing later on where I kept saying like, I, I'm a vegan or I have like vegan, you know, dietary things, but I'm like the one eating the tomahawk, tomahawk steak or something. Oh my God, and, it make me hungry already. <laughs> right. So the worst vegan ever. But like, that was one of those questions. I think in general is more like, can you tour? Are you willing to like, say, put uh, personal life on hold for certain things like are you willing to be on the road for half the year or however long it is and we have been on the road for half the year when i joined the band at least um this latter days of the band so like the idea of being on the road for that long not being with the significant other we're having to deal with you know other responsibilities work whatever else like those are all questions i'm sure there were like technical questions about playing music but i think no, there, there wasn't a lot of technical questions but okay. i think for us we wanted to make sure that people who came on board had similar goals like what is it that you want to actually want to do because i think so many people just get together and join a band thinking like hey let's play some music but they don't really have uh, the same direction in terms of like how often they want to be on the road for how often they want to be you know cutting a record or, or that sort of thing and if, for me having uh, been through many different band members where the expectations didn't really line up with what we were doing it oftentimes became a point of frustration. So we just tried to address that as soon as possible, as early as possible, so that we're not wasting anybody else's time and, and they're not wasting ours. Of course, it doesn't always end up perfectly. Like, I mean, sometimes people evolve and change and the band's needs change too. But I think that was the original intention of that and just kind of weeding out people who weren't going to be really, really serious about it or, or treat the band seriously versus those who are going to try a little bit more and put some thought into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He also talked about, you know, you know, like, you know, the whole thing with food or something, maybe think of Pink Floyd. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any pudding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is uh, a little while after Joe joined, we did have a band member who joined who had pretty significant dietary restrictions. Oh, wow. We just made it work. You know, we're going to try and be accommodating, but I think, that question was really to be like, how flexible are you? Especially if like the schedule is really tight and we don't always have the ability to, to be able to stop for everyone or to make sure that, um, that people could be kind of happy in any situation. Like uh, th there are a number of shows where we would go and we would be hosted by other people. And if they're making us dinner, we want to be able to like, mm, uh, that's it, a good you know, point. culturally, it, it's really important for, for us to be able to like accept what is given to us. So just that sort of thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. and also like if you actually have a relationship with people like over the course of many, many 
years if you know like if the band really sticks together for it it's like going on a dating app and selecting like dietary restrictions on a dating app or meeting somebody that you know you're going to be spending your life with you're like you <laughs> probably want to know like are we going to be able to share dinner together and like even like when when Simon brought up like having band members that had dietary restrictions it did cause issues like you know we we wanted to be supportive but it's like if you feel bad sometimes where you're like stuck in the middle of nowhere and the only food you can eat might kill that person <laughs> and you're right, like yeah oh, we just I want to stop that. off at like this crappy restaurant and eat the <laughs> the garbage food but like we're all hungry and it's going to be great and that guy's like oh no i'm going to be on the toilet the whole night afterwards <laughs> it sucks it, it, i feel bad for that person like but mm -hmm. that's kind of where you just have to know like what your limits are and if you're willing to still do it and most bands i would say like as much as you dream of touring a lot of bands find out they're not meant for touring right like, yeah like, and, and of course all depends on a lot of things when you look at the number of breakups fights and everything that you often read in the news and then later on you know so many legendary bands you know fight all the time it's like you're right how are they going to handle the touring and everything so that's a lot to consider as well too and of course you know you also guys made news uh being in a supreme court battle over over an effort to reappropriation of the name the slants it was in 2019 Mattel versus Tam in Supreme Court and um, Judge Ginsburg, um, you know, side of the case. That was a big story for you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's spent nearly eight years in this legal battle trying to fight for the right to register the trademark for our name. Uh, but at the same time, still try and continue as a band. Like if you look over the course of that time period, we had uh, five different album releases, uh, you know, almost 20 tours. Uh, coast to coast we at that time we cycled through many many band members as well so uh not the most traditional music career that uh you know a band will have but for us it, it, whether we liked it or not it became kind of a pretty defining moment for the band itself and i think for us showed us that like maybe it was the idea of the band that actually mattered more than the band itself like what people saw as a symbolic action for fighting for our own dignity, um, you know, for better or for worse. I think more people kind of gravitate towards that story than the music itself. But since there's been a little bit of distance from that decision, we've, and since we've been pretty proactive in, you know, doing other things creatively, I think more people are kind of coming back around and, and listening to the music and, and finding a different kind of relationship with the band. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, you talked about you know ha being involved with uh, the Asian American community, also racial justice work. What was that one starting point that simply said that we're going to start making a big difference in the community, racial justice, and everything else, and having all these causes? What was that one starting point moment that simply said we're going to fight for what we believe in? I don't know if it was any like one particular moment. It's not like we set out starting this band thinking, oh, we're going to change the world and fight for. Uh, people who are marginalized and that sort of thing. It was like, as we were playing, um, kids would just write us and say like, thank you for existing. Thank you for showing me that, you know, there can be Asian American rock people out there. And then as we continued on, uh, we would get asked to join certain campaigns either, oh, wow. um, you know, to fight bullying in schools because Asians are some of the most bullied kids in American schools. Mm -hmm. or to do like a community fundraiser or the other things. And as we could just continued plodding along, uh, it just became more and more this realization that whether we liked it or not, we were going to be judged by our actions. We were going to be judged as, you know, 
representatives of our community. So we needed to really step it up and make sure that we knew what we were doing, that we knew what we were talking about. And it was really important for us to be aligned with other people in the community to, to make sure that, you know, we could represent their issues pretty well. And, you know, I know we're not always the, the perfect guys to do it, but it was one of those things that we just con continued to learn along the way. And I think, you know, these days, since we started our nonprofit foundation, we find ourselves in that work even more than when we were actively touring. Hmm. That is rather interesting. I like that. And you also had some releases too, like Slanted and American Rock Opera, The Band Who Must Not Be Named, Slanted Eye, Slanted Heart, and also uh, Something Slay This Way Comes, and The Yellow Album. Uh, tell us more about those. Well, the, the opera was something that uh, Joe and I worked on. We were commissioned by the Opera Theater St. Louis to develop an operetta for the stage. Um, and then the other albums that you named were just full-length releases and EPs that we had dropped over the years, uh, amongst several others. Uh, each one kind of, again, evolving with our sound. Sometimes we swayed more in that synth-pop kind of uh, genre, and other times we were a little bit more rock and roll. Uh, oftentimes it depended who was in the band at the time, like what the members looked like, and also just kind of what we were feeling. I mean, all artists, just like people and, uh, and anyone using creative expression will change over time, depending on like what you're experiencing, what you're feeling. And sometimes you feel a little more angsty and sometimes you feel like uh, a, little, a little deeper. I, I would say our newest album, The Band Plays On, was developed you know, we took our time on it. Joe and I had been writing some of these songs for four or five years, and we just wanted to fully um, invest into the story and really think deeply about the meaning of each of the songs. And I think that was the first album we produced that wasn't in a rushed fashion. It wasn't like, oh, we got to get this done and recorded and mixed and mastered in time so we could hit this tour, because we'd oftentimes book the tours in advance of the album being fully done and and then needed to just kind of ram it through. Uh, this album, we were like, let's make sure we're 100% set on the songs. Let's make sure that the production is really what we want, that it represents the songs in the way that we want. And I gotta say, it was, it was super rewarding and super refreshing. I mean, I'm immensely proud of the music on it. And I think for, for me, it really represents the, a, a big core of who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, with the foundation that we have, too, which is about bringing together, you know, people in our community, artists, helping other artists, and also like learning from other artists, the album is literally a representation of that where we brought on our co board member Bao as our producer on the album. And then we brought on all of these artists that that we've come to know from the the foundation, and they are the voices of this album. And so like, again, we're trying to still combine both what we want to do, which is just to write songs and make music. And then also what the foundation's trying to do, which is to bring people together and to support each other. And so like, it's, it just, it worked out pretty well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it, it's sometimes a little bit humbling and I think eye opening to think that, um, you can write something that is extremely personal to you. And sometimes it's not your own voice. That's the best vehicle for, for expressing that. I think that was a really big lesson that Joe and I learned when we composed and wrote an opera. We're like, man, these singers, we can't even touch them. And, and we imagined these songs to be a very certain way. We you know, got the demos down and everything. But when we first heard this thing being played by uh, classical singers and a pianist who's just a, 
one of the most talented musicians I ever met, it was like, wow, like this thing that we created could be so much better when other people are involved. Just like the intentions you might have in terms of like an idea for uh, advancing justice or uh, some form of activism, oftentimes it gets better when you involve other people and it changes in ways that you can't even imagine when you first begin. Mm-hmm. And certainly does as well too. We'll talk, we'll talk with the slants, um, Joe Jang and also Simon Tan with the band plays on and more of the music in just one minute. You listen to the Mike Widener show at the Mike Widener show.com powered by Sonic web studios and brought to you by official sponsor of the Mike Widener show international warring author me and Mel Zia. We'll be back with uh, Simon Tan and Joe Jang of the slants after this time. We're back with Simon Tan and Joe Jang of the slants here on the Mike Widener show. And uh, let's continue with um, the band plays on. You talked about the tile track. There's also some, uh, a few others we'll cover like, um, what will people say? Advocate, uh, drifting pages. This is who we are. And uh, tell us more about those songs and uh, what inspired you to write. And also, um, we'll be uh, airing family as well too, and a bit more about that. I, I think our idea for this album really kind of came about as a in, in a long way. Like Joe and I were working on a Broadway musical and writing songs uh, to kind of tell our band's story. And then I, I can't remember exactly how it came along. I think Joe suggested like the idea of a concept album that really dove deeply into our story and who better to tell our story than, than ourselves and through our own songwriting process. So each of the songs actually represent a different moment in our lives that, you know, whether our personal lives or the, the lives as a band, because it, you know, oftentimes it just kind of intermingles. And so uh, each, deeply personal moment was just express their song and sometimes people interpret it in a very different way because they see themselves in it uh, for example i think one music reviewer saying like said that the uh, song advocate is about being tired of being touring uh, like touring constantly on the road and and that's not the case at all uh, you know although the setting is on a tour it actually came about from a very real uh story where we are on the road it was 2017 and um, sometimes doing multiple shows a, a day uh, and in between me doing speaking engagements. And I lost my voice in the middle of that tour. Ooh, so, I hate that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, and, and so there's a line that basically says like, I, I lost my voice. I'm not making melodies. I'm just making noise. But my biggest frustration all along was that, <clears throat> you know, I was in the midst of this major legal battle. I was in the midst of just trying to tell our band's story. And I oftentimes felt like I didn't have the agency to tell our story because I wasn't the lead singer. I wasn't the lawyer. And, and it was like, where did I have that agency? Where could I actually seize that? I needed, I always relied on an advocate, on somebody else to to sing those songs, to to, to say the thing that I wanted to be said in, in a courtroom. And so that was like my kind of cry, my, my need of like need an advocate. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And Joey can also uh, chime in as well, too, about some of the music as well. Yeah, in general, I think we wanted it to feel also, again, not even though it's our stories and our, our sort of connection to this the band's journey, we also didn't want it to feel like it's just another band's album that it's, you know, it's very much self-serving, like we're talking about ourselves or singing about ourselves. And so when this album came about, it was like, actors right we we're talking about musical we wanted to have roles for other people at the same time it benefits for every song to have 
a different voice to for that voice to have meaning on its own right like to instead of like a dude singing every song all the perspectives from this dude from the band you know experiences it's like oh, oh no now now we're bringing somebody else who's an incredible singer like uh one of the songs oh one of the songs actually i wrote which um was about this was after one of the school shootings which like you know you're so numb to it after a certain point you just for me sometimes i'm just like oh that sucks i'm gonna write a song about it and it was literally like the day after a school shooting i started writing the song called will you let me know and it existed as its own little thing and it's weirdly like poppy sound for a really sad you know response to the, the an event and then we brought in jang louie who is an incredible singer incredible performer she uh she has her own project she's in musicals um and she's also she was actually recently featured in uh, everything everywhere all at once one of the best singers ever and she took the song performed it as bao said like an actor who can also really sing like she really gave it character to it and i think it it changed my version of it the demo that i recorded is like you know like it didn't have the same weight as when she started to sing it and, mm -hmm. and really give it that voice so i think along with a lot of the songs it's just giving it the weight giving it some kind of a perspective and then now I'm like, okay, so that's the definitive version of that song. There's no other version. I can't mm -hmm. imagine actually if we were just regular rock band still and somebody else who was our one of our old lead singers singing it, it doesn't feel the same. We actually, we performed at the LA show, like, you know, that was the first time I got to hear her singing in person too. And it was like, just mind blowing to hear her voice live with us playing with her. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, that's I can't wait to actually, if we have more opportunities like that, to hear some of these other guest artists sing with us. Like, I really want to live and breathe these songs with these other voices and these other people that are representing these songs. Mm. That's really interesting because you talked about the school shooting where prompted you write the song, uh, Will You Let Me Know. Do you remember uh, which school shooting in particular? I mean, this is the messed up part, right? There's so many. There's been so many of it. This was, uh, so this would have been 2019, I think, is when I, because that's, that's around the time where I like, I definitely, that, that was written in 2019 and then throughout 2019 2020 we were like jane would you be willing to maybe work on this song at some point this is before the album i felt like so like it was 2019 we're right before it and again there's been so many and we are honestly numb to it literally now if i see an article of it another school shooting i would probably just scroll past it Mm -hmm. you know, yeah yeah just like on facebook you, you know you see something you don't like you just scroll past and move on like a mature person does and um, that's what social media is we we right. literally are like this is just everything is normalized to the point where like even the the most horrific things that we could think of is just like okay well it's like watching scroll a past, movie. like 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 next next yeah. frowny face moji whatever it is and i i watched x the horror film earlier today and there was some pretty you know, like I love horror films and I'm not one to be like, oh my God, somebody got killed in the horror film. But it was more <laughs> like I laughed when somebody got blown away. Like I was like, ha ha, very funny. But that shouldn't be real life. You shouldn't just like, but for me, the, my, my response was like, no, I did feel sad at that particular one. It was one of the more like horrifying ones where there was multiple. And I'm pretty sure it was a high school one because the song is set in a high school and it's actually set in my head in my high school about someone who might actually be having these like suicidal and, you know, gunman like tendency like thoughts right mm -hmm. and having that moment of going to school and be like what do i you know 
if I knew that person, if I actually knew this person and had an inkling of what they might go and do, like, what would I say to that person? Like, how would I try to like communicate with them knowing like you may never have an opportunity because half of these times now you don't even know. And mm. anyway, so that's, that's, yeah, that's where it came from. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. And of course, besides all the music you mentioned, if there's other music you want to talk about other songs, feel free to do so. I, I mean, I think the overall, what was really special about this project is that like uh, Joe was saying, like when you hear other hear other people's voices uh, start singing those songs, it's like almost like those songs are no longer ours. They like they're embodied in a different kind of way. And it just reminds me of the what I hear all the time through our foundation, like these this younger generation will write saying like that they're really inspired by, you know, something our band did or, or that sort of thing. And maybe they see parts of our story in, in, in ways that I don't see or that, we, you know, when we're living through it, we, it's very hard for us to like fully understand and experience. But that really shows the power of community and art that when people can see themselves in your work and they can see themselves in your music in some kind of way and it allows them to learn something about themselves it's a it's a really powerful thing and that's one of the things that i just really love about uh running this nonprofit that we get to just meet and invest in so many artists and you know to, to be able to collaborate with them on on our album it, it the reason why we call it the band plays on in many ways is like our band even though we actually you know kind of disbanded and and stopped touring in 2019 to, for any kind of reasonable effect uh our band continues to play on through our foundation through this other generation through other artists who pick up a new guitar or a synthesizer or some drumsticks and and they begin taking up the beat and and writing their own songs Mm, that is rather interesting. I like that. In the meantime, where can we uh, find all your music at, including your latest? Uh, you can go to theslants.com for just about anything related to us. And, you know, of course, all the usual uh, spots from Spotify to Tidal to Apple. Uh, but for folks who want to have one of the, like, the limited edition like vinyl records, uh, theslants.com is the, the only place to get it right now. All right, we'll certainly check that out. Once again, we're with uh, Simon Tam and Joe Jang of the Science here on the Mike Wagner Show and just a few more uh, things here. What else can we expect you guys in 2024 and beyond? Well, I think Joe and I are going to continue, um, you know, touring and tell, telling stories and doing presentations. So while the band isn't touring as a rock band anymore, Joe and I will oftentimes share our music through acoustic storytelling sessions and, and uh, you know, we kind of just shared the message of the band uh, while bringing some additional light to the work of our nonprofit. Uh, we're also composing a musical theater show right now, which is gonna play at the No Theater Cincinnati later this fall. And, um, you know, if we do a full band show, it's, it's gonna be pretty rare. It, it might be one or two of them in, in 2024, but, the reality is it's so hard to do that now because we live in multiple different states right. and uh, everyone has their own lives now and we've all kind of moved on. But um, while I, we, we deeply are connected with them and we love them and, you know, we're great friends, uh, everyone's just kind of doing their own thing now. And so the, the work of the band is really living through the nonprofit and, um, you know, through the voices that we're helping to foster that just kind of really work at that intersection of culture and civic engagement. Okay, so well, that's... Sounds... 
Go ahead. I, I, John, sorry. Out, um, I want to shout out the uh, music video for the song Family uh, that we shot and made last two months ago. Um, it actually features a semi-mini reunion tour that we did with uh, the former lineup or the former lineup that I most wanted to see live um, of the slants. And it was really incredible to have all these former band members get together and not only get together, but actually like break bread and hang out for more nice. than just a quick show, right? Like actually go on a tour, like play Seattle and then play Portland and then play LA. Like several of the members made it down to LA to play a show. And I think one of my favorite things about it was, again, I wasn't in the slants at that point. All those members outside of the drummer, Tyler, I didn't get to actually really play with or meet. And I love playing music with other people. And to see, to see this old, the, the version of the band that you see in like the Supreme Court, like presentation or whatever, talking about this band that's racist to Asians or whatever. It's like, no, these are the guys. These are the real guys that were that band that actually traveled the country and did this thing and were punk rock. Like they were rock and roll. I am not. Like I can't go and, sm I don't even know what the word is. Mosh, mosh, that's the word. Like go mosh, and, like, mosh. Yeah. and punch people in the crowd and fight people. That we was did mosh. we did not fight. Well, Aaron threw a mic and broke my guitar head. So like that was it happens. So like to me, <laughs> it's like this just happened. Um, and to, to to witness that. And so even though the band plays on it is about like sort of the idea of carrying on the, 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 the legacy and having sort of these new voices and new artists come about. It's also really cool to see the actual old version of the band play on as well and so if people wanted to see that or relive some of those memories uh there's a music video that's on youtube all right well certainly check that out in the meantime and who do you consider biggest influences in your careers <laughs> simon tam is my biggest influence no, he'd be my <laughs> boss but he's also my mentor <laughs> and he's the only person that's actually played me paid me to play music Literally the only person, and outside of my friends, I'm probably the only person that I know that actually makes music, uh, makes money playing music, and it's because of Simon. So, like, I would say Simon Tam. <laughs> Thank you, but uh, I don't know if that's a real answer. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there, there's just so many great folks out there for, for so many different reasons, and I think we've been really lucky to, to meet uh, so many people along the journey who have taught us some something that we could pick up along the way uh, from fellow band members as joe mentioned to working with people like val on this album who i learned so much from uh, but also you know the people i think that inspired me to pick up the bass or to to write songs to begin with and they, they do it in so many different ways and sometimes it's a very surprising uh you know a surprise influence that people think is totally left field like i mean one of our songs is inspired by uh, dolly parton uh, because I think she's just really embodied this ability to, to tell stories through her songs, just like Bruce Springsteen or some of the other greats. Uh, but, you know, I, I think for us, we don't really try and uh, we don't really try and judge by the genre of music. I, for me, I'm like, what's their story? What's what's the soul? Uh, what can we pull from this that uh, I, I could see myself in uh, there? And there's just way too many artists to name when it comes to those lessons. Mm -hmm. That's Dave Matthews. Exactly. Yeah, it's understandable. And what's the best advice you guys can give to anybody at this point? 
I think if there's any lesson that I've learned uh, with, with our band in particular is to uh, persist that so many people worry about the talent uh, and the skills required to play music. And I would say, don't let that stop you. I mean, I, I'm a very mediocre bass player and somehow it worked out for me. And, and I think a lot of it is due to the fact that I, I just continue to persist. Um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to win our case or start this nonprofit had we not just been so determined to see that outcome through uh, and to persist through it, that, you know, that that's what allowed us to really be successful, I think, in, in a ways that, that I probably couldn't have imagined as a, as a kid growing up who, who just dreamed of doing this. Mm -hmm. And certainly do. And Joe, what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? I mean, that's actually the lesson that I learned from Simon. That's if I were to make a documentary about Simon Tam, that is the lesson. That is someone who, against all odds, did the thing that he really wanted to do right and and whether that is to play music if you're not the most talented musician to win a legal case when you're not a lawyer like that literally is what i learned from him and i mean there's still part of me that says like yeah you should probably try a little harder and if you might not be the best at something pick your lane but but if you really want to do what you want to do if you really believe that you have something to offer to that that world whatever the art is whatever the 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 field you want to do the persistence like that is literally what i've seen win okay simon tam that is certainly amazing as well once again we're with um simon tam and uh joe jang of the slant here on the mic waiting to show what the band plays on guys a very big thank you for your time you've been absolutely fantastic learned a lot from both of you looking forward to having it soon keep us up to date keep in touch live happy back once again what's your website how do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your works? And the slants.com. And of course, please check out our nonprofit, the slants.org. We do uh, fund, mentor, and provide resources for artists, especially Asian American artists. So uh, that to me is our life's work now. Uh, it's something I'm very passionate about. And so I, for anyone who's interested in finding them, their voice through art, whether it's music, theater, film, or anything else, uh, check out thislance.org. All right, well, certainly check that out, guys. Guys, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Live at you back. Wish you all best. And, guys, you definitely have a great future ahead of you. Thank you.